Hey, welcome to the Harry Man Show number 11. Well, there's more than one Dustin in the world. <laughs> um, today I have a guest from uh, Texas. He's a great songwriter. Actually, I met him on social media, and I, I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. His name is uh, Dustin Brown. Uh, how you doing, Dustin? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just good. And uh, chilling, you know, yeah, yeah. How's uh, how's everything going down there in Texas? Oh, it's uh, getting there. You know, just been uh, trying to book shows, and you know, they get taken away, and then book more, and you know, just kind of roller coaster right now. But uh, you know, got our health and. Yeah, weather's not too bad, which usually it's scorching this time of year. We kind of had a little cool front come through. <laughs> and uh, what part of Texas are you coming from? Uh, kind of between Waco and Austin is kind of where I reside, and you know. But then when I'm not doing music, I I end up out in West Texas sometimes doing a little mechanic and work and stuff like that. But so are you more kind of all over, you know, closer to the metro side, more of like a rural area? No, I was out rural area. For sure. Oh, nice. That's where I was raised up, and. Like I said, the past few years with music and just the way I live my life, I'm all over the place. Man. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely. You know, I'll stay in Austin for a little bit, then I'll stay in Waco for a little bit, and then I'm out. Like right now, I'm out in Gulfway, Texas, which is the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. That's kind of a good thing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about your music. I'm really digging a new album. I was listening to it in rotation this morning and last night. But uh, how did that come about, and how are you feeling about it? Man, it's uh, it's, it's come together really well. I mean. You know, I've been writing and playing music since I was like 13, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, so I really should have had a couple albums by now. <laughs> but it's, uh, uh, you know, I guess it's just been mastering my craft and I'd do something and I'd not be happy with it. And, uh, but I really, I got away from music for like five or six years and tried to like, you know, chase down like a whole career and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That kind of fell all apart and, you know, always come back to my home base with music and that's where brings us to the last like two years i uh you know a few events happened that kind of people just kind of let me know like hey man you should be doing this thing like and uh yeah took took their word for it whether they were lying or not and kind (laughs) of got back into it full force and and uh yeah i kind of had to rebuild my i had the songs i have plenty of songs written but i had to rebuild my sound and really figure out who who i was and then and then met some folks uh ben hussey over at melody mountain studios um you guys are up in Arizona, right? Yeah, we're up in Phoenix right now. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, I don't know if you got you ever heard of American Aquarium? It sounds familiar, but not, I'm not quite sure. Okay, well, I keep playing bass for them and some groups down here in Texas and stuff. Uh, phenomenal musician and stuff. And he, he approached me, you know, about recording. Kind of, like, put it off for a while and got to do some home recording stuff. And, you know, it's just hard, hard to... Uh, can record myself but like trying to mix and master it's just not you know you're listening to yourself all day long it kind of sucks but it's a definitely a learning so finally, process <laughs> yeah yeah so i finally well yeah, yeah you know exactly yeah um but yeah i finally got in with them and uh that's true you know and we we sat down and recorded 12 songs for an album uh only 10 came out because we realized at the end because i did a vinyl press you know oh nice and uh you can only fit like 22 minutes per side so we actually <laughs> had to cut, cut two songs and, yeah uh they'll, they'll come out later on but uh but yeah man it's a uh, kind of like one of those finally moments you know i've been playing and singing for a long time and people always been you know people always ask like where can we get your music and i was like well i've got some stuff on youtube which is like crappy cell phone videos and things but mm-hmm. uh yeah, finally got a record now. So, it's good, man. so it, I noticed some of your recordings are with the band and without. What do you prefer, to be honest? 
Man, so that's a that's a, a new thing. It's kind of kind of tricky at the moment. I, I started back in high school. We had a band. We mm-hmm. were like band, mainly a cover band, and that was just kind of like to get the chicks and it was fun, you know. Yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. And then you know, but ever since I've been out, which is like ten years now, it's like uh, did the solo thing and writing and writing, and that's pretty much where I my wheelhouse. And you can, you can really do what you want. You know, you don't have to stay in time. You don't have to hit this stop perfectly, but but yeah, I had a I had a couple guys approach me. Oh God, it was like I get probably like six months ago now, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Hey, you know, we we want to play with you and all this." I'm like, "Well, let's give it a try." And and uh, it's been fun. We've been it only unfortunate thing is we, I guess that was probably like around October, November, something like that. Oh, nice. And we, uh, you know, so by the time we learned to set and got everything kind of, and, you know, then the holidays hit and like, all right, we're not really doing nothing to the holidays and. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, by the time we scheduled and had everything ready to go, our debut show as a band was uh, was on St. Patrick's Day down here in Texas. We Ooh. shut down the day before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I was thinking like so, mid-March is when it all started, right? Yeah, yeah, man. It, it was so aggravating because we like, because it's a lot of work. I mean, like for me, just I, I go around, I, I can fit all my gear in the back of a Suburban. Mm-hmm. And I drive around and gig and sleep in the car. And like, it's, it's very... Uh, you know, it's a solo venture, so it's easy. It's mm-hmm. so easy to do that, and the, the band is difficult. It's hard, but it's fun. It's like worth it. Mm-hmm. So, and then you know, you got a book, and booking is a whole different thing with a band. You know, money. Like I can take, you know, kind of just a little frivolous gig that doesn't pay much or nothing by myself with a band. You know, we got to really try to line out money and like set times and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and we. So anyway, what I'm getting at, we went through the whole process and had I had like a week. Like we'd have our debut show and then we had made it into a battle of the bands. Um, then we had a little festival. I had like two or three shows that week. So like, it was just going to be like a week of just music, like starting the spring off, you know, that's kind of what I do. I take it easy through the winter and then the spring, I hit it hard mm-hmm. all the way through the summer. And, and yeah, man, that, you know, uh, all this stuff started and kind of shut all that down. And then we, uh, yeah, <laughs> we, you know, it's just been like this roller coaster ever since. And so the us, me and the band really have only played like two live shows and neither one of them were, uh, you know, at real venues. They're kind of like the backyard kind of thing, and, mm-hmm. which was fun and good. But it's, uh, yeah, man, it, we're just got the record, got the band, you know, but we can't play any shows. <laughs> so it's been kind of crazy. And what are you calling the band? You just calling Dustin Brown as well? Yeah, no. So, uh, wait, at first we had this, uh, <laughs> uh, the leftovers because they were left over from this other band but i had to explain <laughs> them i was like man that, that sounds like because when you say dustin brown and the leftovers it sounds like i i image like myself in a wife beater hovering over some like chinese food in, in the living room <laughs> at like 4 a.m in the morning you know and they're like you're right you're right so we the new name is uh or the current name is dustin brown and the now oh nice That's you cool. know, that that was then and this is now oh cool Sounds cool, I guess. So uh, I know here in Phoenix, uh, when everything's normal, the slower seasons in the summer because it's so higher. What is the slower seasons in Texas as far as like you know going out and seeing live music? Is it wintertime? No, I'll say that one more time. I'm sorry. Uh, I know the slow seasons here in Phoenix when it comes to music when things are normal because uh, it's hot during the summer. But in Texas, yeah. was it slow down in the wintertime or? No, man. Texas has a really healthy, you know, live music scene. Man, honestly. Uh... Like, especially for like, now definitely the summer, the spring and summer is, you know, just like the rest of the, the country is festivals and, uh, you know, big concerts and things like that. But, but we don't really slow down too much in the winter either because, you know, it doesn't get that cold here. I mean, 
you're talking about like 30, you know, when the coldest that you're really going to see is like the 30, in the thirties and like twenties. But, uh, but even then, I've, you know, I've played, I've been on stages when it's like 35 degrees out and they just got a few heaters up on stage and they go with it. <laughs> yeah. It's variable. Uh, yeah. yeah. As long as you don't let, the your, summer. let your hands lock up on you, there's variable. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get about 45 minutes to an hour in weather like that before you're like, I can't, yeah, I can't, I don't, I hope I'm playing the right, the right notes. The strings, you don't even know if you're, you don't even know if you're holding a pick at that point. No. Yeah. It's just <laughs> ridiculous, man. Yeah. Usually I'll, I'll bust my cuticles on the, on, cause I, I can't, I use my fingers to strum most of the time and uh-huh. finger pick and then I strum and when I can't feel them. Yeah. At the end of the show, I'll look down, there's like blood all over the guitar. And, I mean, not a lot, you know, my cuticles will bust those things. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. But, but, but I, uh but I don't know so in in some way those are uh those are funner than than you know the 110 degree days too like those are oh yeah those are equally as miserable you know they put you on a concrete pad somewhere underneath like a a little awning like a tin awning yeah canopy <laughs> yeah it's melting yeah I, I really take the cold over the heat any day when it comes to that but. yeah yeah for sure so I was listening to your music and uh, what before I say anything, what what were your main influences as far as a songwriter? I mean, I have some ideas, but I just want to hear it from you first. Man, uh, you know, it's been a long, long time. But I'd say, you know, as a kid, got my, my parents are quite a bit older than uh, the average person of my age, you know? So mm-hmm. I was kind of raised up with the, the classic country and stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of Johnny Cash, Johnny Horton, mm-hmm. uh, Waylon Jennings, stuff like that, Willie Nelson. and. And so, like, I had, like, an early response of, like, to, like, that, you know, I think that, that definitely influences some of my, some of my stuff. And then, uh, and then later on, like, down here in Texas, we have, like, a Texas country theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, people like, uh, Wade Bowen, Randy Rogers, uh, you know, guys like that, that back in the day, and Charlie Robinson, people like that, but from back in the day that were really, now that, that scene's kind of transformed a little bit, but, uh. Anyway, that that influenced me for a while, which kind of gives you this dirty, gritty, you know, kind of rock and roll country mm-hmm. vibe, you know. Yeah. And then, but yeah, but in in the past, like I'd say, like eight eight years or so, is when I really started listening to the song I'd like, and then I realized, you know, because I just thought everybody wrote the songs they sang, I guess, up to a certain point, and then I realized they didn't. So I started every time I'd listen to a song, I'd look up who wrote it, mm-hmm. and then uh, being from Texas, you know, you find out. Towns Van Zant, you know, it's one of the legends down here, Blaze Foley, Guy Clark, all these uh all these guys, you know, guys and gals that the real songwriters, you know, in my opinion or whatever. And like and then, you know, kinda of dove into that side of things and then get into more modern people, uh, like Hayes Carl, Ryan Bingham, you know, uh, I'm t- I think he plays out Chell's way quite a bit. He's getting pretty national now. But uh you know, I, I would say that's my my more recent uh or recent kind of guys. And then, you know, people like Lucero, you know, they're, they're a little more on that, that Southern rock kind of modern Southern rock kind of yeah. style of things, but I no- take all that and then smash it together. And, you know, I, yeah. I played with some country bands here and I noticed it, it's relating to like more like eighties, nineties rock a little bit now, at least yeah. more on the West side here a little bit more. I know you're more in the heart of yeah. it, but yeah, a lot of the stuff they're mixing in, you know, like eighties covers and stuff. And it's like, all right, I kind of know these, so it's easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that definitely is a thing. Uh, when I told you the, the the Texas country scene has kind of evolved now too, uh, the parts of it I don't like, but, but there's still some parts that are all right, you know. But that's the thing that everybody keeps saying. They're like, all right, everybody's going to this like '90s rock kind of vibe, <laughs> like Hootie and Blowfish uh, feel. 
Yeah, which is fun, but it's at the same time, it's like, all right, come on. Like, well, you yeah, got you know, yeah, to think that demographic is aging too. So, you know, the people that nostalgia are looking back in their 30s and 40s now. And oh, yeah, definitely. And that's what they grew up with, modern day rock radio and all that stuff. So, yeah, it kind yeah. Of, everything changes constantly. So you can't really, you know, you can bring the past back, but we can't sit here and long for it all the time, you know? No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I've been through Texas touring with some metal bands about a decade ago, and I was surprised, you know, how big some of the venues were and how much of a scene there was. But once again, that was a decade ago. But, yeah, yeah. T- Texas, it takes a while to get through it. I've drove through it a couple times, and it's a big state. <laughs> Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst <laughs> when you're going east to west. You know, yeah, like, you just feel like you're like I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, it's gonna take like two years to get through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even like I'm, I'm from Central Texas. You uh-huh. know, it takes five hours, almost five. If you go straight from where I was raised out west, it takes almost like four hours, five hours to get to the the border to Louisiana. Hmm. And then, like, say if you're going to Georgia, you know, over that that direction, and then it's just like boom, boom, boom. All the states just start flying by. You just keep seeing different, you know, signs. <laughs> Yeah, it takes uh, you know, you can cross two states in the time that, or three in the time it takes to cross all the way across Texas, man. Yeah, I'm not bashing on Texas. It's a great state. I just, uh, yeah, just when you're in it, you're like Jesus. Like <laughs> that's all I'm oh, trying yeah. to say. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's that's like uh, all my my friends from. Uh, I, I lived down in Louisiana for five years or so, mm-hmm. uh, working offshore and stuff. And a lot of the guys that we had a sister company out in California, so all these guys would uh, Santa Barbara, California, to be in particular so these guys would show up like oh man we're gonna we're gonna be working offshore based out of Santa Barbara, california and they mm-hmm. get hired on with our company they'd be like nah you're going to lose <laughs> yeah so all these all these california washington guys uh oregon guys they would you know make that trek from california to, to louisiana and they yeah they all just talk mad shit on the texas you know they're just like, god <laughs> it was like like we just drove forever in texas and you know you're on the interstate you're not really seeing the best you know the best stuff yeah, well, it's funny you say that because I was born and raised in California, so I guess I relate to that a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah, yeah, I love it. Looking forward, uh, how do you I, I, have you been? Have they been doing like the driving concerts there and that kind of stuff, or is that kind of just been on hold as well? There has been the, the thing. Um, the thing about people like my level people is, uh, you know, there's not a lot of those opportunities. I mean, there's I mean anything. There's opportunities for anything. We could hustle and do it, but you know, the turnout would be who knows i mean it would, might be good people might would show up but uh for for like the level i'm on currently you know it's more we i have i have quote-unquote fans or whatever people that follow me and stuff mm-hmm. but but majority you know it's us going to a venue and the venue is it has the crowd you know we're trying to attract those people but now like some of the bigger acts in texas yeah they've been doing the drive-in stuff um they've been doing outdoor things you know um the, the thing we've been trying to, or I've been trying to focus on now, we, we had rebooked, we, we, we opened up for a little while there. We, we Texas was wide open again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was only for about a month or something like that. But And it took me, you know, during that month, like, you know, nothing, you don't book and then play the next week, generally. You know, especially like with the, when we're doing a solo thing, I can pull that off. But with mm-hmm. the band, it's kind of like, you know, you got to schedule it out a little bit. Yeah, people have families and, and obligations we, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. So we the whole the, during the time we were open, it took me all that time to book us like a, the next month, mm-hmm. and then we shut down again. So oh, sorry, like, man. Like, dang, man. You know. So, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I think now, yeah, definitely trying to hey for the remainder of the year, try to just do some house concerts and stuff like that, like private events. And everything else is looking pretty grim. 
Yeah, and it, I see issues with the driving concert because I, you know, people drink when they go to shows, and you know, what I mean, <laughs> you're drinking in your car and then driving yeah. away, and I, I, you know, you see the yeah. issues there. I mean, not that you would any different for being at a concert, but you can kind of yeah overdo it in a car. You know what I mean? As far oh, as what I see, sure. you know? yeah, no, and also, I mean, maybe I'm just being, you know, like the the pretentious songwriter musician guy, but like for me, like playing even playing a show is like the experience isn't just you know, uh, for the person listening, I like experience for me too. And I like to interact. I like, it's fun. You know, that's why we do it. And, and I don't know, like the whole, that's why the virtual thing I've kind of stayed away from, which, you know, I know there's people that have their opinion on that. They say, well, you got to adapt and you got to move on. It's like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll record more music now and I'll, I'll, I'll make videos. But like, you know, like even like the live stream thing, it's like, man, I don't know whose connection is glitchy on the other end or if my connection is bad. And yeah, it's, a it's bit- just, it's all about presentation yeah. too at the same time, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it can be good. I have some friends that are killing it in that and doing well. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm slip behind the curve on, on adapting to this whole thing. But, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I think, I think the future for me is if things stay shut down throughout the year, like I said, it's just trying to, the little bit of fan base I've got is trying to schedule some, some house shows, literally playing in somebody's backyard for a couple hundred bucks or something, you know? Yeah. Well, this is could be a, you know, a good time to refine yourself too. That's what I kind of been doing myself. Oh yeah. Definitely been practicing and, uh, trying to learn new instruments, new chords, new scales, things like that. So you play primarily just guitar or you venture out a little bit as well? Yeah, no, I play guitar, uh, harmonica. I I dabble with drums, you know, like like we had talked in the message. Like, uh, I'm not so great with my, you know, if I if it's a steady beat, I can stick with it, you know, like on actual acoustic drums, because mm-hmm. my my hand to foot coordination just just doesn't work sometimes. Doesn't like to work, but but I did get a I just got a strike pad uh, recently. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, Lisa's strike pad and and. Uh, and that, that, you know, it's like, well, I can keep a beat on top of a table. I can keep a beat on, on that thing, you know, because everything's right there, and I've been dabbling with that. Yeah, you can run loops so, on that too, right? Oh, yeah, I can do it. It's a spaceship, dude. I, I, I have, I have, there's like a 30-minute video on YouTube on learning how to use it, you know, and I still don't fully understand. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm finally, I'm starting to assign my own pedals or my own pads and, like, build my own kit. But, dude, it's, it's a spaceship. There's so much going on there. But. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a drummer myself, so it's a low-tech thing most of the time. So, you know, I'm venturing into recording right now. So, yeah, a lot yeah, of headaches, yeah. a lot of, you know, hours. <laughs> but it's worth well, it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather spend time doing yeah. that than anything else, you know. Yeah, that's the same thing here, man. I uh, yeah, that, I got that pad, and I recently, and I, had, and I had woke up one morning and just had a super creative morning, you know. Uh and I, I wrote this new song or whatever, and I and I had the pad in the room. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, like, you know, I've, I've been focused so much on perfection. Not, not total perfection. You know, I want to get stuff right. Like, I haven't just woke up, wrote a song, and created a video in, like, a single day in, like, a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I jumped up, uh, wrote it. You know, that came out good, and then it inspired me for the rest of it. And I jumped on that pad, and I, and I recorded it. I had my camera out and stuff, and I was, you know, hitting the pad and everything, and you know, it's like 10 hours later. I'm like, oh, cool. I've got like a little video to upload. And it's not perfect, but it's like, and that was fun. And it's kind of a reminder, like, that's why I do music. Why yeah, progress is, is progress. So, you know, you, and mm-hmm. you get stuck in a time warp there and it's it's worth it. I mean, I, I do it all the time myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the best feeling is when you put your, whether it's, you said, hitting, hitting drums or strumming chords, 
but you look down, you know, and then you look back up and it's, it's like you time traveled, you know, <laughs> five hours later, you're like, okay, you know. <laughs> All right, and I know we probably talked about this a little bit, but I want to circle back. What are the notable uh, venues in your area that are kind of like the places to go? You know what I mean? Like that's like, you know, the hot spots, but when everything was normal. Man, for my little scene that I've been uh, accepted into, you know, we have a place in, in Gatesville, Texas, which, is, I mean, Gatesville is not really known for a whole lot of music stuff. I mean, and it, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's people that know more than I do, but, but there's a venue there, uh, called bare bones barbecue mm. and and these guys they built a, a big backyard they've got a inside stage and outside stage and like i said i mean the, the location just is so unassuming but you know pretty much every small songwriter up to the big like texas touring acts have been you know gathering there so that's a, that's a good one yeah um, and what about the the bigger cities there is there any like notable ones that you're like oh man i would love to go there and yeah. play well, no, I, be, I played uh, like a dares. They accept me over there in uh, in Dallas, you know, for whatever reason they let me play. <laughs> they're a good one. And like, and like Lola's Trailer Park in Fort Worth, they're a good one. Then and down in Austin, we got the Rustic Tap. We just had to cancel some stuff we had with them, but but it's a, for a good reason. They're 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 preparing to open back up to the public. So mm-hmm. our they were doing a live stream, like a legit, you know, really good live stream. Mm-hmm. We were going to play that, and they're like, "Well, we just got word we're going to try to open back up, so we're going to, they're going to book us when they're actually open, which is, you know, good." We we're like, "That's fine. That's a good cancel cancellation, you know." But yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, as far like places that I haven't played, you know, that are, that are like big spots, you know, like you got like uh, well, down in Galveston, done the the quarter, the old quarter, played their open mic, but you know, to, to ever get to play there as an actual book show would be good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. uh Rex Bell, you know, his place, there's a lot of history there. Towns of Van Zandt, Blaze Foley, Hayes Carl, those guys. Actually, more than that, you know, string through there. Um, but, yeah, and then you got the, the Mucky Duck in uh, Houston. Same thing. I've done their, their like, uh, open mic night and stuff like that. But it's another prestigious place, you know, as a songwriter to get to play. You know? so there's, a, there's a few that still uh, still working up to get there. But now that i got the album, hopefully I can market myself a lot better and try to get up in those bigger spots yeah and i've seen a lot of trends i think texas is gonna blow up pretty soon because i know it's a lot of people are moving to that state you know i hear a lot of things even from celebrities to just people i know that are trying to get away from the coasts and all that stuff and mm-hmm. i can see texas blowing up pretty soon on that scene things changing pretty soon here in the next decade or so oh definitely man we, like i i moved to austin or right when i graduated high school like 10 years ago and 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 it was busy. It was busy as any city would be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my God, like now it's insane. I mean, it's. I think they're they were. I don't know. If they were they were like in the top three as far as like cities growing in in America or something like that. Yeah, I think Phoenix uh, is right there with them. What's that? I think Phoenix is right in the same boat with them right now too, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you guys are in the same same kind of thing. It's like, oh, we can move here and not have crazy taxes, not have crazy weird stuff. You know, it's kind of like these. Yeah, the house is on a million dollars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, down here in Texas, yeah, we've been for the past like five or six years, we've been it's been called we've been calling it the California Exodus, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's the same thing here. I see a lot of California license plates popping up. Yeah. Yeah, because they, you know, I have a like I said, I have a bunch of friends from there from my past career and uh you know, they they talk about their parents selling this house that they paid like two hundred and fifty thousand for, you know. 
10 years ago, they're selling it for, you know, over, over like seven, seven, $800,000, you know? Yeah. And then they come down to Texas or, so, or probably the same thing with Arizona and with that, they can buy a house and 50 acres. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. That's, that's ideal. And I, I see that trending. That's what I was getting at. Like, I can see a lot of people, you know, the infrastructure of Texas and these Midwest states, you know, building and the music scene kind of flourishing with it as well. Because people want culture. They want, yeah. you know, oh, they, definitely. they want, you know, small town walks or whatever you want to call it. You know, go see a band on a Friday night, mm. bar hop. I mean, I think a lot of people are missing that, obviously, right now, too. But oh yeah, I, and then Texas is just, you know, even not to bring Joe Rogan up, but he's even just praising Texas lately. And he's, he's yeah. moving out yeah, there. Yeah, he's moving. That. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a Roganite. I listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, who yeah, is at he, this point? When he said that, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. You know, like, and, like it's. And he's gonna up, he's gonna have a swarm with them too, and you know. And... Oh yeah, I mean, just like I said, we've already had you know, like I said, for the past it's probably been longer than the past five or six years, but it's really ramped up the past five or six years with all the tech coming to Austin and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and Tesla just announced they're gonna build. I think it's not soon. It's like within the next ten years they're gonna be building a factory uh, right outside Austin, and it all comes in at the same time. You know, that happens. Joe Rogan says he's moving. It's like. And, you know, Joe Rogan's probably, what, the biggest podcast in the world? Or I would say I say he's probably one of the most famous people in the world, to be honest with you, at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that just him muttering things on his podcast, you know, can raise or crash stocks, you know, and things like that. Yeah, like, that's intense. So, so when him saying he's moving to Texas, I guarantee you there's, like, a whole string of people that are just like, yep, we're going to Texas. Like, yeah. That's, that's it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's definitely his power influence there in a good way. I mean, and that, yeah, he, yeah, very good. He's influenced me to start this show, and it, I mean, obviously, I'm a, a crumb under his foot. But like, I just mean like it's just yeah, it's cool, man. I I, I watch the show daily, and you know, you yeah. know how it goes. Oh, yeah. um, I was I, I I didn't even want to bring it up because I'm on your podcast right now, and I felt like it'd be just. But I was just listening to the episode with uh, the last one, the very last piece there with the painter who went to the Congo. Oh, uh, Joe or I, Cho, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I listened to part of that. Yeah, yeah, I was actually just listening to it on the porch uh, before you called me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I mean, yeah, yeah. I respect the guy, and then, you know, I don't strive for that, at least 10% yeah, of what he definitely. does. But <laughs> Definitely, definitely. And um, so kind of venturing back into your gear, what what kind of guitars do you play, and um, what are you looking forward to getting, or if there's anything you're looking for? Man, uh, you know, cheap was always the uh, the – the start there for me back in the back in the, the day and i'm still like i still have like a you know a threshold to hang around but uh but yeah back in the day i had uh ibanez you know was was had ibanez acoustic and uh later on i got a which i still have now is an ibanez like west paul you know monk mm-hmm. and uh and i still play that thing it, it, it's a little higher up on the, the spectrum or whatever but uh then i moved into washburn's back in the day and i had this like this pretty cheap acoustic electric washburn but you know it was acoustic electric so i could use it on stage and, uh when i was living down in louisiana we had that uh they called it i think the 300 year flood or 100 year flood whatever it was but i uh i was offshore man uh working on a, on a boat and and you know they're talking all these floods coming up and uh you know the news they show like little you know, there's like a person standing there in like the raincoat with like the neighborhood behind him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was sitting there and I was like, I, I, it, it was just like a flash, you know, and I saw like pretty sure it was my neighborhood and my buddy turned over to me and was like, but not your neighborhood, you know? Uh, and I was like, 
I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I was living in an RV at the time. Oh, man. <laughs> so he's like, wasn't that your RV park? And I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear so that. I, no, yeah, but I went to the, the boat phone, called up my buddies. I was like, go break my windows and get my guitar. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, the good ones were up. I had them up, like, kind of on a bench, you know, like there's a booth inside most campers. I, I had it up on the booth, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they, they pulled the good ones, my resonator, which is a washburn also, a nice one, and then my, that Ibanez, like Les Paul, they were up there. But that other cheap one that I played all the time was down on the ground, and it got, you know, just flooded, just totally toasted. But but it was a good thing, you know, because I, I started guitar hunting again, and then I found the one that is like my baby now is I have a washburn par- parlor, like a WPN11 or something mm-hmm. like that. But, uh, you know, short frame guitar, Looks like a child's guitar, you know. It's a parlor; it's super small, but uh, yeah. And it, I finger pick primarily, so it's uh, I, I don't lose that sound in like the big, you know, like a dreadnought or you know, full size or like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's real pop, and then I can I can plug plug it into, and I uh, I like to you know break people's brains with it because it's an acoustic guitar, but I'll plug it in and run it through you know delays and reverbs and all that stuff, and really make it trippy. Now I, you uh, might have mentioned this, but are you self taught or did you grow up taking lessons? I had, uh, man, like, when I was, like, 12 or 13, I had, like, a few months' worth of lessons. Uh, and, like, some college kid, and, and then he decided he was going to go somewhere else. So he left, and I got a new teacher that was trying to, like, start me over. Because mm-hmm. I was so close to the beginning. He's like, we're going to start over, like, with this other book and all this. And he, even at the age of 13, I was like, Mom, this guy's ripping you off. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was like I was like, I, I know, because you refused. You refused to, like, pick up from where I had already learned, you know, and it was making me so mad. I was like, all right, I'm out of here. And, uh, and yeah, just uh, basically what I had got from the first guy was, like, you know, okay, pluck the string, you know, push the string down, makes the sound, and, you know, which number my fingers are, so I was able to read, like, a chord chart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you remember them, like, Walmart had those, like, yeah, the, I remember the poster section, you know, I yeah. got one of those chords. I told my mom, like, this is all I need. <laughs> and <laughs> AMC. she got it for me. And, yeah. And I just learned all my, my chords, my open chords and took off. That's all. I just want, I always knew I wanted to songwrite. I didn't want to be a guitar player. I just needed to play guitar to write the songs. You know? mm-hmm. uh, I mean, now I, I teach myself more. I teach myself scales and stuff now and I try to lead more. Like some of the leads on the record of mine. Mm-hmm. Stuff and, but, uh, but yeah, mainly I'm just a, you know, old chord player trying to write songs. Yeah. I've been uh, dabbling, getting into guitar and bass myself and yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole new thing and you know, I'm not putting pressure on myself to get, you know, good at it, but it's just fun. And I think it, the more I learn, the more, the more I notice when I listen to other music and if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. And I like things I you know, just patterns. I'm like, I didn't even heard that, you know, and now I can, you know, start to single things out, but. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's 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 a blast. And I'm more attracted to the, the Fender stuff, you know, like the Telecaster and the P bass and all that. But oh yeah, I love it. I love it. The Telecaster. Yeah, a Telecaster can go in any situation, you know. And that seafoam green, yeah. I just that cut something about that. I know it's a trendy color now, yeah. but that, that no, yeah, yeah. But that seafoam blue is also real nice, and yeah, I get, yeah, I'm starting to kind of get into that because I'm a big drum nut too. So like, it just you know, I mean, you got to open yourself up a little bit here and there and learn other things here and there. Oh, I mean, exactly like you said, is when you start playing another instrument, some things, let's talk about drums, I mean, same thing. Is like, you know, I, I, uh, I've i always had, like, a rhythm in my head, you know, because I'm a rhythm guitar player. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, like, sit down on the drum, I'm like, and I've been playing, playing, like, acoustic drums more and more, and like I said, I've got that pad now. 
And so now when I, yeah, so when I'm listening to, to a song, used to the drums were just there. Now it's like I hear them do something. I'm like, oh, wow, that's so hard, <laughs> you know, because like, you know that it's difficult now. You're or not, or not that, I guess I knew it was difficult before, but you just don't pay attention to it, you know. But when you start, or like I said, when I, when I mess with my fiddle, which that's a, oh, my God, that's a, uh, that's a real bitch. So I'm not going to lie. That one, it, it, it's the most frustrating thing because I can't just pick it up and play it. Like everything else I can just pick up and play. Yeah. That I can't like pre- even pretend to. But So now when I hear a fiddle part, it's like my face is melting. I'm like, oh my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard, you know. But Yeah, it started with bass for me because you know you can fake it with the bass a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, should, yeah. I, can, I can learn some chords here and you know, at least... Sit in with the band, you know, that's my first call. Yeah, do the old ball for ball. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I just, you know, a friend needs help or, you know, rhythm guitar, like you were saying, like it, you know, why not, you know, at that point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it just opens your vocabulary. But uh, we're going to wrap it up here in a minute. I just, can we uh, plug yourself where to find your music to best places here? And I know you were mentioning YouTube, but is there any other platforms we can listen to you? Yeah, yeah. So now that the record's out, it's everywhere. I, uh, my distributor, Put it everywhere where you can pay for it and get it for free. Mm. Um, so like, but it's but like if you're on Spotify, which is the main platform that I'm, you know, that gets me the most. Uh, uh, well, most people are on. Mm-hmm. Currently, uh, my CEO isn't built up enough for, for you to put Dustin Brown. So it will show up, but you have to dig. But if you put Dreamers Last Drifter, which is the the title of the album, mm-hmm. uh, it comes up almost immediately. But if it doesn't come up immediately, put Dreamers Last Drifter and then Dustin Brown. Okay. Yeah, I've been and, listening to you uh, on YouTube there. That's kind of where I found you. But yeah, Spotify yeah, and, same and YouTube. Thing on there. Yeah, yeah. Like YouTube is Dustin Brown Dash Music is my page. Um, but also, you know, Dreamers Last Drifter, type that. It'll come up on there. And and, and it's I'm on all the the TikToks and, well, you know, for as long as that's going to be around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm on, and the new thing, Instagram Reels. I got an email that, you know, that I'm on that now. Oh, nice. Um, I'll listen here now all those apps all those things like it's, it's literally everywhere you can get it it's on Napster it's on all the free and illegal whatever's you know we just put it everywhere because because we don't really make a whole lot from the streams anyway so I was like just put it out there and let everybody have it yeah and uh yeah. and that's like on my website too is www.dustbromusico.com uh-huh. and uh you know if, if if one wants to subscribe to my mailing list you can get it for free free download through there and oh, nice. uh and then once the vinyl comes in, the vinyl will be selling there too, um, straight from my site or whatever. And and when and when you uh, when you buy the album, you get access to the to the download. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna get one of those vinyls from you because I've been kind of in a vinyl uh, rush lately, and yeah, I kind of want to hear it on vinyl as well. Well, that's that's the thing too is we, you know, it might even sound better because we we uh, you know Ben when we went got in the mastering process, you know he had. I told him that I wanted to do vinyl, you know I mean? That wasn't our, like our main goal, but it kind of turned into that because when I told him I wanted to do vinyl, he dove into the world of mastering on vinyl. You know, I had to do his research on it. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know either. Well, he, he didn't know. I didn't know. There's like, uh, you know, these the grooves in the, in the vinyl has needs a certain decibel. It needs all this, you know, mastering stuff. So he mastered it based off of a uh, vinyl, you know, uh, parameters you know mm-hmm. so and then it, the parameters for vinyl wasn't that far outside of what the digital realm would be and so we were just like well we're, we were going to do two mixes or two uh masters and it was like nah, we'll just do the one nice. so so really the thing that you're hearing digitally was mastered for vinyl 
Oh, nice. So I, I'm, I'm even curious when it gets in, I'm going to pop it on and see, you know, I, th- I think it's going to sound stellar, you know. Yeah, I'm always searching Goodwills for any vinyls I could find. I got a, quite a collection of myself, but yeah, it's definitely become a thing. You know, I think it's more mainstream than CDs now. To be honest with you, oh, it is, it is. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, everybody. When I, when I, all my friends, all the people who like jamming and stuff, you know, for the past few years, when I told them I was in recording, they're like, "Are you gonna do vinyl? Are you gonna do vinyl?" It was like enough people asked. I was like, "I'm gonna look into it," and, and it wasn't cheap, but it also the return I can get on it mm-hmm. is is gonna be good, you know, and that's. That goes back to, you know, musicians making, you know, money even before the, you know, all this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's slim pickings to make money, but we mainly make our money off our live shows and our, and our gear, you know, our, so I, like I have shirts and stuff that, which is funny. A friend of mine used to really jump on my case because I had shirts, you know, but not even an album or nothing, mm-hmm. but it, but it helps, you know, people see it a live show and, you know, this shirt cost me five or six bucks to print. And they buy it for fifteen or twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do the math; it, you know it can really make your night worthwhile. And the same thing with the vinyl. And so, I mean, the vinyl for me, I'm kind of a nerd too. It's like, well, this is my first record. It's kind of a special thing, you know. Yeah. I don't know if I'll do it again in the future, but right now, like you said, it's trending. And to me, it's kind of like a symbolic thing. Like, even if none of them sell, it'd be like, well, I got a vinyl. First, <laughs> you know, well, I, I like record. the idea of it being tangible, and you collect it, and you keep it nice, and you can frame it, you know, et cetera. And it just yeah. Yeah, you put it on yourself, and you go, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna go listen to that." And it's just a process of putting it on the table, and I don't know. It's just a, a touch. No, of it, history. Yeah, I it's guess. The thing, man. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, yeah. Because I mean, I, I used to before I finally fully gave into streaming. Is like I would stream, you know, like Pandora stuff like that. You know, years ago, and if I liked the band, I'd go on Amazon, uh, click on, you know, find their CD and buy their CD. Mm-hmm. And then I would just put the CD. I, I have, I have like probably a hundred CDs that aren't even open because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm listening to them on online, but I wanted that CD. And then now, now we're in this vinyl, this, re, you know, resurgence of vinyl. So it's, it's, it's even better because, you know, it's like, I don't know, there's something cool. I, I've got an old RCA, uh, player, you know, that I, I scored on, you know, like it's from like seventies, really cool. And, oh, nice. You know, you put it in there and it's a multi-holder. So, you know, it's all clicking and popping and it, when it changes them out, it, you know, it's, it's cool, man. It's like yeah, it's, it's fun. Just, it's, you feel like you're going back in time a little bit before your own time, you know? Yeah. And like you said, it's tangible. It's not, you know, I've already in the age of streaming, I've already like forgotten about people and it makes me super sad. I'll hear their song will pop up, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, I totally forgot about this band or this artist, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, yeah, I gave them a heart or a, or a thumbs up on whatever streamer I was on, mm-hmm. but they haven't popped back up now for like three years. And it, and it, it kind of makes me sad. It's like, I don't know where at least if you have a, a record or those CDs or something, you know, you stumble back to your collection one day cause you're bored. It's like, you'll never forget them, but I'm, I'm worried now. Like how many people have I, you know, will be forgotten forever. Like you like loved their song for like a month and then they just, you know, you switch stations or whatever and you don't hear them again. And, yeah, we, like we definitely have a shorter attention spans now, as far as you know, the, everything going on. But you kind of oh, you, yeah, you you're into something for twelve hours and you forget about it to twenty four hours later. Yeah, I agree what you're saying, but and you feel like you're supporting a band when you buy their their vinyl or t shirt. Like it's it's like a good karma thing, and to me at least. Yeah, yeah, and it shows. I mean, it's good for both sides. You know, like I said, you're you're supporting the artist, but you're also like, you know, you're you're you if you're 
a true fan and now you've got a little piece of their history or whatever. And it's, it's your history too. Cause you're, you know, we, we can't be anything without fans or, or I hate these fans, I'm not, you know, but you know, people like if people don't listen to us and don't like our stuff, we're kind of irrelevant, you know, like yeah. you can write a million songs and sing, but if nobody likes it, but you know, like I have, I have friends and I have people that are like, Oh, I, I do it for myself. It's like, well, I do it for myself too, but you're, you're a fool to, to <laughs> pretend that it's not for other people too. Cause I mean, without other people, it's, there's no really value in it. I mean, like you can do it for yourself and you can entertain yourself and yeah. you know, go down the, uh, the time travelers loop like we were talking about earlier. But, but at the end of the day, I mean, it really is, is about that other person, not in a vain way, but it's like, you know, they're just as important to your journey as, as anything else without them. You don't have. Them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And it's just, you, you can't be too selfish to what you're doing. You got to share it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, so by buying that record, it's not only, you're not only supporting the, the artist, but now you're part of their journey. You're like, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of part of the band in a way, you know, as well, how I see it. Yeah. Like a Patreon, but not a Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's like, cause, cause yeah, if, 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 uh, if an artist has no support, whether it be monetary or, uh, you know, just emotionally, well, mm-hmm. they're not going to keep going. They're not going to continue. So by buying that record or even just showing your support, you're part of that, that evolution, you're part of that growth. And, I mean, you see it all the time with the, you know, like the guys I mentioned earlier, like Towns Van Zandt, Blaze Foley, guys like that. I mean, they, they weren't, um, you know, known until they were dead. You know? and it, yeah. And even now their followings are, Blaze, Blaze Foley just got probably grew, blew up a little bit because the, the movie uh, came out, I think, uh, about a year ago or something like that. But, uh, but like, you know, Towns, I mean, it's, it's a cult following. And to me, like, that's, that's powerful. You know, I'd rather have like 500 people that would literally go to bat for me you know, opposed to 500,000 that just liked my hit song that, that came out that year. You know, Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on. I know you did it a little bit in short notice, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what you're going to put out here pretty soon or what you're doing right now. And uh, we'll, we'll look you – I'll share your links on the social media so people can look you up. So I just want to yeah, say thank you, man. I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you having me on, man. It was good to hit chat. All right, and then as far as this show, I'm going to plug a little bit. We're obviously on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and uh, all your other major platforms. So just want to thank you guys for listening, and you all have a good day. Thank you.